Hey friends, I know it has been a while. Uh, things have been rough over here um, with my baby Monty, my cat. Um, he's been sick for the last three weeks or so and things have been kind of up and down with trying to figure that out. So thanks for your patience in me getting out these episodes. I still want to be here for you. Um, I'm still thinking about teaching and putting a bunch of things together. So today I'm going to share a little bit of a twist with you on the Classroom Library Storybook Project. I'll explain the general premise of the project, but um, I'll tell you about the twist that I did with my students who have written a lot of stories before that is more geared towards maybe your intermediate or advanced level students that can output more and have a bigger base of vocabulary and are able to create and have their ideas not so limited by um, as high frequency of language. I also want to quickly throw out that if you haven't seen my update on Facebook, I did start a Teachers Pay Teachers store. It is under Preaching to Acquire. I have some awesome characters and sub plans and an imaginary character unit that I put together um, posted already. Would really appreciate your support. My students are getting all of the proceeds from any of the character packets that are sold through the end of the school year. Um, and we're going to have a pizza party with their proceeds. They worked hard to make those. So check that out. On to the storybook projects. So if you're not familiar, I learned about the classroom storybook projects from classroom library story projects from Tina Hargaden. She has a whole bunch of information posted in the CI liftoff group. If you just search on Facebook, if you just search in that group for like classroom library book project or book project you'll see the posts she's given rubrics and examples and a whole bunch of other information for free because she's wants to share all these ideas and wants students to be able to create and I know her idea was um, that's how she finishes the school year and it's a way to kind of culminate everything students have done this year and create something that they would leave behind for your classroom library creates books for your library and for future students to enjoy and it also helps keeps your students ideas in bounds because when you're telling them, hey, maybe you're my Spanish 3 class, but I want my Spanish 1 students next year to be able to read and understand these, that helps them not get too wild in their ideas and in their writing. So I've had my 8th grade students for 4 years now, and I would say that all of the students that I've had for the last 4 years are at a probably a novice low, novice mid output level and as far as their interpretation of listening and reading they're all at a novice a novice mid-level some are higher and so giving them a standard like tprs story outline of like oh here's a here's a character and they want this but they don't have it so they go here and they don't get it and they go here and they don't get it and they go here and they get it yay the end is a little too formulaic for them. They have already created and written stories before. And so what I decided to do was I decided to do, um, and this is, their, this is their writing assessment for Cycle 2, Phase 2 Imaginary Stories. Um, I decided to do a luck of the draw story. So basically during Cycle 2, Phase 2, we've been working on creating stories and writing stories that have the elements of Tina Hargaden's narrative writing continua. Um, so things like setting descriptions, character descriptions, dialogue, inner thinking, um, 
leading, you know, leading the story by hooking people, by hooking readers, starting with like action or thoughts um, or dialogue right away instead of just saying like, there was a boy named Bob. Um, And so basically I told my eighth graders, I let them work in groups for this project. I said, there's no limit on how long your story needs to be, but these are the requirements. And I gave them a checklist that we've been working with kind of ever since we started cycle one phase one with stories that has things like description of the setting, description of the characters, you know, appearance, description of the characters, personality, um, you know, a problem events leading up to it, some sort of a conclusion or resolution. I tell them it does not have to be a happy ending, but there needs to be some sort of an ending. Um, and all of these things, right. And if I have an opportunity to, gather any of these materials in a way that I can easily package them, I will put them up in my TPT store. Um, or I'll link it in the description if I remember to put the, the pair or the checklist in there for you. Um, so what I did was I decided to involve my lower level students in this project as well. So I went to my sixth grade classes and I said, hey, we're going to come up with some made up characters some settings and a problem and we're going to like brainstorm ideas and then we're going to cut these ideas up into little sheets of paper and the eighth grade groups are going to have to pick one of these pieces of paper out um, and they're going to have to include it in their story. Now because they're imaginary stories I let my students go totally wild. Okay I let the sixth graders get like wackadoodle. Um you can obviously put limitations on the ideas that you want your students to include. Um, obviously, different teachers and different students and communities and schools have different tolerances for um, any kind of you know violence or fighting or things like that in stories. But because they're imaginary stories, like literally some of the main characters are mustaches. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned if there's a mustache battling a taco trying to fight for, you know, cheese or something like that's, that's not something that I'm going to, you know, choose not to include. Um, so I had the sixth graders and we did this in the target language. I had them brainstorm, like who are characters that you want to include? And, you know, one of them started with like, Oh, Christopher Columbus. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know that we want to include any real people. So then we started like making them up. We were like, oh, it's a, it's a train conductor named, um, Jankaby and he's 3,432 years old and his, his hands are piranhas. And then, and then the setting is Taco Bell at three, Oh, two and 59 seconds in the afternoon. And what's the problem is they can't find the fountain of youth. Right. So all my eighth graders and I told them when they picked these out of a hat, I told them they didn't have to make these their main characters or their main settings or the main problem. But that all of these, the character, the setting and the problem needed to play a role in the story somehow. And it has been hilarious. They have come up with some of the best and most creative and enjoyable ideas of stories that I have read. And I've had students writing and creating like classroom library book stories for the last four years. Um, and this group of kids, it's so funny. And once the stories are done, they're due next Friday. The students are going to, I'm going to scan them into the computer. Um, and I may, I may post them for free as a download on TPT. Um, 
or or maybe for like a dollar and then I can buy some treats for these kids who've been so creative um but <laughs> they're so funny and entertaining and so the process I used because these students have done a lot of writing for me before which is why I said this is a twist on the classroom library storybook project this is not how I would approach this project with my novice level or seventh grade level you know novice novice high maybe approaching intermediate level students, okay? They need a lot more scaffolding and support. These eighth graders don't. These eighth graders have already been taught how to use word reference and how to look up and figure out what verbs are. These kids have been taught verb conjugations to get them ready for high school. I don't assess them on it, but they're familiar with it, right? So they're, they're starting to develop those skills to make their language more accurate and have more control over their language so that they can write and say more. So basically, I had students write, type up a rough draft, and they were in groups of up to three people. I let them pick their groups because all of these students work well together, and they work well in groups. I told them they could work alone if they wanted to. It didn't matter to me. Again, I didn't have a length in mind because as long as they met the requirements of the elements of a good story, that's what I'm grading their final story on. So if they have character descriptions, including external and internal characteristics, check, check, that part is done. If they have a setting description, maybe telling me where or when things are taking place, check, check, that's done. If they started their story with inner thinking or with dialogue or with action, check, there's another point. Um, so I had them type up a rough draft. And I had them look up word reference and I told them, I said, if you come across something you're not sure how to say, just put a note of it. And when I look over your rough draft, we'll figure out how to say it together. Um, I only had one group out of, I think I would say I have like 12 groups total, maybe more. Um, only had one group where I can tell that they used more than just word reference to look up one word at a time. And I told them, I said, I'm not going to read this. I said, this is way too complicated. You're using language you don't know. I said, you need to fix this. No one is going to understand the story. I don't even understand the story. You're trying to do too much. Simplify it. And the next day they came back to me. They had cut a whole bunch out. They had simplified things. They had rephrased things. And we were back on track again. So I had them, again, type up a rough draft of the story. And then I had them and while they're doing the rough drafts, I was not looking for those required story elements. And I told students, that's your job to make sure you include those. That you can control. A lot of times we talk about when we're assessing students on things and grading things that they can control. They can control whether or not they tell me if that character has brown hair, blonde hair, green eyes, wears glasses, is tall, is short, um, has a mustache. Like they can control that. They have the language ability to control that. So if they're choosing not to control that, then their grade is going to ultimately suffer. Um, and as I'm getting ready for high school, knowing that they're going to be graded on these types of things, they need to start figuring out how to include things from a rubric. So as I checked the rough drafts, I was looking for kind of the accuracy in Spanish. Is it comprehensible? Does it make sense? Is what they've tried to phrase actually explaining what they meant to, and so on and so forth. And then they needed to format their, their story. So I had them make it size 24 font or more, no more than three sentences per page. They needed a title page, and they could split it up however it made the most sense. Then they sent it to me, and I had it printed for them. And now they're working on illustrations. So the illustrations, and we've done a lot of these before, they have to outline it in black marker. I have thin black Sharpies that they can use in my room for that. They need to color it with colored pencils, and they need to make sure that they, the images support 
the text. I also, I forgot to mention this before, I also had them before they printed it, I also had them create a glossary. So what I told them was, I said, any, when you reread back through this, any words that you don't think the sixth graders will know, you need to like bold it or underline it. And you need to add it to a glossary. So you can either make a glossary like on that page directly, like maybe they highlighted a word and right underneath the paragraph, they put what that word meant. Or I said, you can put a glossary at the end of your story, like a lot of the readers do. Again, it's their book. It's their legacy to leave behind at our school. So I wanted them to pick it and choose it how they want to. So I'm really looking forward to getting these storybooks back. If you have done previous classroom storybook projects and you want to and your students really love writing stories and you want to add a twist to it um, give them some required elements Um, maybe you could even come up with you know oh they have to include like a location like PetSmart or they have to include like pizza in their story or they have to somehow include you know random elements or you could do like I did where on one little sheet of paper that they picked out of a bucket had a character a place and a problem and they somehow had to incorporate those into their stories um, I'm not grading them on incorporating those but I am like I'm, t- I'm like I'm like this is your chance to go wild this is an imaginary story This is a chance for you to have fun with it as long as you include these elements of a good story. And so I'm really looking forward to getting them back. And then at the end, once I have all of the student stories, I put them in page protectors. So like two pages per per page protector, so like front and back. Um, And then I staple them together. I could like tie them together with like ribbon or string or something, but I just staple them because I'm lazy. And um, I put them in my classroom, my classroom library. Once I have all the stories turned into me, we are going to have a day where I let them bring in snacks. I'll play some like music. We'll sit in groups and we're going to just like pass the books around and we're just going to read them and laugh and enjoy and enjoy their hard work. Um, They have done so much work and they have learned so much and acquired so much language in the years that I've had with them that they deserve a day to just chill and enjoy and enjoy the work that they've that they've done and that they've completed. So some of the stories are six pages long, some of the stories are 17 pages long. But again, as long as they included those main elements that I was looking for, they're going to be successful, they're going to get good grades. I don't see anyone getting below a B on it. I think the most likely culprit that students are going to forget is leading with thinking dialogue or action to hook the readers. Um, but I, I reminded the students, we've talked about it, we've done examples of it. So may the odds be ever in their favor. If you are jumping into the last couple months of school like I am, we are out June 9th. We have pretty much two months left. Um, I wish you well. Some of you are finishing up sooner and I am so jealous But I hope that you're able to use this idea and mix it up and let your students have fun. Again, you know your classes best. If you need to have students write stories individually or you just want to write a whole story as a class and do it story asking style and then give each kid one page to illustrate or something like that, go for it. Have fun. Create those memories together. These are things that the students aren't likely to forget. Talk to you soon.